This week's podcast contains very little swearing, but there is an appearance by the absolute star of the swearing world, the Tom Cruise of Swearington, the C-word. You've been warned. I added one more podcast to the giant podcast bin. Now you have plucked that podcast out and started listening. I took my microphone and found some human folk. Then I recorded all the noises while we spoke. My name is Adam Buxton. I'm a man. I want you to enjoy this. That's the plan. How are you doing, podcasts? Adam Buxton here. Back in the woods where I belong. Striding amongst the stunted Nettal population. The Nettles are looking quite forlorn. Normally, actually, I don't know. if they're, they're probably making normal progress, I guess. But they must be alarmed by this weather. I don't like it. It's freezing and windy. And it is uh, discouraging us. From our rampant spring slash summertime propagation program, we would like to expand our sphere of influence across the rural areas and also into more or less anywhere where there's some soil behind sheds, uh, around gardens, you know, anywhere really, a bit of soil, even if it's like. Um, just some stones and uh, all that will set up house there as well but hmm, not so sure this year with the weather don't rain is it going to rain now I stepped out of the house and it was a little gap in the freezing wind and a bit of sunshine and now it's raining on my ass just because I impersonated some nettles oh dear everyone's very touchy aren't they hey listen welcome to podcast number 18 with stand-up comedian, actor, uh, and writer, Sarah Pascoe. Yay! Sarah's been on all the panel shows over here in the United Queendom. And she's a very funny, silly, and intelligent stand-up comedian. That sounds quite patronising, doesn't it? Didn't mean it to be. But uh, that's how I see her work, and I like it very much. She has acted in TV shows like... The Thick of It, Being Human, 2012, W1A. I could go on, but I'm not going to because I'd get jealous. That's actually a call forward or a tease to something that we talk about later on in the podcast. Not the TV shows. Uh, I forgot to ask her about those, but the jealousy. We talk about that, much more important. Sarah is currently aged 34 and is a cisgender heterosexual female involved with a cisgender male man who also identifies as a stand-up comedian. His name is John Robbins. He's got a uh, much-loved radio show on at the moment, on Radio X in London. Um, And he is, uh, as well as being a a stand-up and a TV personality... And he's going to be on the podcast too at some point. Not that either of them, Sarah or John, I would like to point out, stipulated uh, that the other one had to be on the podcast as a condition of their appearing. Why would they? It would be submental. And uh, frankly, I would have stood up to it. Anyway, the only reason I mention that Sarah's going out with John is that she herself mentions John later on. 
so I wanted you to know who she meant. It's another forward call. You're welcome. Now, Sarah and I had our ramble chat last week when I was in London. That's mid-April 2016, if you're from the future. And before we got onto the subjects of juice, Play-Doh, first-class plane travel, books, jealousy, etc., there was something altogether more important, and I'm afraid to say sadder, that we needed to deal with. So, as the rain intensifies and I prepare to get soaked, I've got to cycle into town now. I'm just about to do a bug show in Norwich. Anyway, that's my problem. Uh, Rosie, come on, I'm, let's go back because we're going to get wet. Here we go. I'm sat here with Sarah Pascoe minutes after she looked at her phone, read out a text from a friend and asked me, has Prince just died? And I said, no, he's not died. And Sarah said, well, why is someone sending me a text saying, have you killed Prince? Yeah, (laughs) that's exactly what it was. It's the police. (laughs) They're after me. (laughs) But we are sat here now. I mean, by the time this goes out, you guys will have processed the fact that Prince has died. And uh, many of you will have been... They might know about other people that have died. Right. They'll be ahead of us in death. Probably. There's going to be other... If Prince... If Victoria Wood dies one day and then Prince dies the next... I mean, where do you go from there? And already when Victoria Wood died, people were saying, what the hell is going on with this year? Yeah. And now, Prince... Yeah. It's too weird. It's too ridiculous because these are people that we thought were immortal, I think. Yeah. You know, but I'm the, only, yeah. I'm still processing of course. Bowie dying. Yeah. And, and Rick, Rick Mayle, I think a lot of people are still sure. really, really hugely affected and still in the grieving process for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his work. It's, it's very odd. I was thinking that maybe it's something to do with there being so many famous people now. Could that be it? Like there's just. Or... We are aware of more celebrities. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they could be. There's a boom time and also um, the beginnings of the media where you didn't just know someone's work. They weren't just in Rising Damp, for instance. Yeah. You knew a bit about their love life or a bit about... You see them in chat shows and interviews and maybe you feel more connected to people. Uh-huh. Maybe. Oh, it's so sad. 57. And Victoria Wood as well, 62. These are people who definitely still had a lot to contribute. Absolutely. And also there are ages that sound really old when you're 19. Right. But when you're older than 19, (laughs) suddenly sound like, what? That is not fair. No, exactly. How dare you? I've got plans for when I'm 57 or 62. Yeah, what are you going to do? I'm, I'm, you wait. <laughs> yeah? It's okay. going to be Buckles at his brilliant best. Okay, but don't, Suddenly, leave, don't leave everything till then, just in case. And imagine how poignant this is going to mm. sound, this podcast, okay. if Buckles pops his clogs <laughs> at 
<laughs> next year or later this yeah. year. I mean, it seems like I this know. year is the big year for... No, like... I don't want you to die this year because I feel like you're not going to get the publicity you deserve. I feel like you should wait. That's but true, I, isn't But I don't, it? yeah, don't try and join in this year in case it's... you're left off the lists <laughs> of all the people who died this year. There will be people who are semi-famous who are not included in the big list and that's a sad thing. Yeah, you I are going to I don't get... want Ronnie Corbett to drop off it. There are people where right. you... Well, the guy from the Eagles, Don Henley... Don Henley, he good old Don. He died. Yeah. Was it Don? It I, was. I mean, I've never heard that name before in my life. I'm have just playing not? along. No. Shut up. No. The Eagles, who are the, uh, a band, presumably. Hotel California. Are you oh. joking with me now? Okay, I do know the Eagles and I do know Hotel California, but I don't know any of their individual names. Don Henley's still alive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Who's the guy? There was another guy from the Eagles. Who died? This is no Oh, no, good. it's going to be really poignant if he then dies what? after this. No. Glenn Frey. Glenn. Good old Glenn. He, he is on. Oh, so he wasn't in the Eagles. He's on the street. He was in the Eagles. That was one of his hits after the Eagles. Um, Adam, I can't believe you don't sing the theme tune live. Do you want me to? I, I thought that's how it would begin. All right, Begin, then. yeah. Okay. I might sing along. I added one more podcast to the giant podcast bin. You have picked that, picked that podcast I used, up. I used to say, oh. now you have picked that mother out and started listening. listening. And then yeah. I thought that was oh. too rude. Well, so saying I, calling something a mother. Yeah. Mm. Is it rude? Well, MF. You, you know. worry so much. I do. I worry a lot. <laughs> you do. Won't you worry? Mother on its own is not rude. No, but it's supposed to be. You know, it's like a, a contraction of. Um, is it mother? Okay. Mother frungle. Okay. Okay. So that's no good. Okay. Well, I'm glad you dropped it then. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't care. Maybe. <laughs> uh, also, we're in trouble now anyway oh. because we've probably been too flippant and disrespectful about Prince. I know. I think we have to. I think we're shocked still okay, because, I, it's, know, because I, it's just happened. I did a two-part yeah. Bowie Wallow podcast yeah. expressing all my yeah. angsty depression about Bowie dying. But that's and, because... And there are people yeah. out there who are going to feel just as sad about Prince. Oh, absolutely. Prince. Of course. I know. I think they're probably dancing at Brixton Station as we speak <laughs> <laughs> to Purple Rain. Well, Minneapolis is going to be... Is that sad. where he was from? Yeah. Place um, There's a brilliant stand-up called Nish Kumar. And sure, he, I know Nish you know, Kumar. You know Nish? Of yeah. course, we all know Nish. And um, he does some brilliant stand-up about how when ISIS changed their name, everyone's like, oh, cool, you want to be called the Islamic State now, or you want to be called this now. But whenever Prince changed his name, we're like, nah, he's still Prince. <laughs> right. <laughs> people have more respect for terrorists. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. When he would like, I'm this now, like, mm, Prince. <laughs> the artist formerly known as Daesh. Uh, now, mm. listen, mm. Sarah, I've got you a gift. Have you? Yeah. And you can choose. I've got you a refreshment okay. gift. Oh, okay. I poured you a glass of water, but I also oh, got you, you like oh, wow. a, a fruit thing. But I don't yes. know. It could go either way because yes. I don't know if okay. this is going to have ingredients that maybe you're no. against or if it's no. from a, sh- Neither a shop. Neither of those are meat items. Right. Well, they, Also, we, we can't say the name of the shop. Yeah, we can. From. Can we? I think. Well, what about if they start sending you free flapjacks? Well, why is that bad? Well, you might not want them. Yeah, definitely you might want be like, free Okay, right. No, I don't think they will. It's Pret. And Short for Pret-a-Manger. Pret-a-Manger. Which is French for... Uh, ready to eat, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, aren't they... I think they're owned by McDonald's. McDonald's partly owned, but then we, we all are. So let's not lie to ourselves. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, okay. I got you the well, Mina... that's the best juice. The Mina Greener. That's the best juice. Is it? Have you had it? Yeah. Like yeah, it. yeah, it's the best juice. What, yeah. Do you mean that from a taste point of view or a nutrition point of view? Oh, I know. I mean... 
I think with all prepackaged juices, uh-huh. they actually are like having a soft drink. Like as in they're like having a Fanta. Oh we, shit. We, we can't lie to ourselves that they're healthy. What? Yeah. Because all of the good stuff goes immediately after no. juicing. You have to have anyway, but that's that's a topic for another time. All right. And I also got the mandarin and lychee. Yeah. Okay, so you're drinking now from the Mina Greena yep. yummy apple juice with... Um, lettuce and basil. Lettuce and basil. <laughs> and I've got the mandarin and lychee. The label says, this bottle of drink is full of nothing. <laughs> there are no weird, unpronounceable chemicals, no preservatives and no aspartame. None whatsoever. We could have added... Strange ingredients to make this a health-enhancing tonic, in quotes. We didn't. It's a blend of natural fruit extracts, fruit juices and still water. So they're being honest and that's the la- they're using the language. How does that make you feel? Of honesty. Yeah. They're like my friend, yeah. Sarah. Is that the best chat you've had today? Yes. <laughs> With that bottle. With the mandarin and lychee. Yeah. Hello, they're saying. Hey. Now, I know you're probably with Sarah Pascoe, and she's probably <laughs> bringing you down about your health drinks. But yeah. come on, mm. don't listen to her. We haven't put anything bad in this, mate. Yeah. So just have fun, is what they're saying. Yeah, they are. I li- I, yeah, I do, I do kind of admire the psychology of we could do what we like with Pret a Manger, but we didn't, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if we. Well, do you what realize... would you know? You're an idiot. You drink anything, you just yeah. like the colour. <laughs> Do you realise that if we wanted, with the power of Ronnie McStinkles, yeah. the clown, we could kill you with just yeah. this, the contents we of this one bottle? We could have any kind of poison in this, but, but... we didn't. Please. But, hey, we didn't. Yeah. That's Th- how nice we This are. time... I'm going to taste it. Yeah? Are you going to then review it for the podcast? Yeah. It... Uh, well, they're right. They put it's nothing in it. Full of nothing. <laughs> It's like uh, it's like one of those revolting flavored waters, you know. You are drinking squash. It's, it's like weak it's, squash. Yeah, it's weak squash. If you'd got this squash back in the day mm. after a game of football, it just would have been in a glass from someone else's mum, not going. You would have spat I could it have put, out and going, I, "Your mum can't make squash, man." Yeah, but she's. What like, is I, that? But his mum's like, That's "I didn't put any speak. arsenic in this, or tea bags, <laughs> yeah, exactly. or spoons of sugar." <laughs> That is absolute dog shit. And I bet that cost £1.89. At least. Ridiculous. At least. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the, the, the thing you're drinking... three ninety nine. I know yeah. the price of this, my friend. That is... Because I got superstitious once that I had to drink these before every gig or I'd have a bad gig. Right. And that was an expensive superstition for a while. But then always, luckily, you then do it and then get a really bad gig and then you realise it wasn't magic. Uh-huh. And then you have to find a new thing. Okay. Yeah. What's your current thing now? Oh, you, got... you, you used to drink booze before a show, but oh, you don't. Yes. Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, I used to. Um, but I was always. I thought it helped me with feeling nervous. Uh huh. But so now I don't drink before, but I just drink all of the rest of the time. Right, right, yeah. right. That's the best way. Yeah. No, I don't drink before a show either. No. Because I, find, I mean, I, I struggle with being articulate. Yes. Normally, anyway, I think it, it slows down it some really processes. Does. But another. Th- the thing that's really nice about it is it, there's a point of drinking where something, you know, like the click, like the brick cat on a hot tin roof thing, mm-hmm. there's a real brief window where you're like, I'm untouchable. Yes. <laughs> I can do anything and I'm a king. And so you can try and orchestrate that. Like, I need to drink one big glass of wine really quickly just before I go on. Or oh, half yeah. an hour before I need to have one pint, half a glass of water, then I'm in the, like, I would try and, and that's dangerous. <laughs> 
Now and then I like to stop the chat and put the jingle in. It stops the ramble topics leaking out and mingling. And if you like, you can take a little dance. Move your body around inside your pants. Who's this guy? I don't know. Uh, how are you mm. feeling? You just got back from Australia. Yeah, Australia. Like two days ago. Two days, yeah. It takes me about two weeks to recover from that kind of I've journey. decided that jet lag is a state of mind. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, you are younger and healthier than I am. I don't but... think it's to do with that. I think you can't drink any alcohol on the plane. Okay. Which is a shame because it's free and you want to. And you can't have caffeine the day that you fly. Because uh-huh. that makes jet lag worse. But other than that, I think it's a state of mind. But, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and may I ask yep. what class you flew? Oh, I've never flown in first class or business class. Have you not? No. This was the first trip where I thought about upgrading. Because you were going out for a festival, Yes, right? I went for a festival. Do they fly you out? They do fly you out. So they, right. they buy your flights and they pay for your accommodation while you're there. So you considered upgrading your flight. So, you, so I, d- I thought about it for the first time. Now, if you'd said that to me three years ago, I'd have probably spat on you oh, and gone, I, I deserved it. will only ever be here yeah and and there is a thing like it goes through your mind i'll find out how much an upgrade is oh it's whatever it is 700 pounds or 1500 pounds and you think oh that's a panel show or that's a or that's one really successful tour show and you start kind of legitimizing it to yourself and then you'd have a much more pleasurable experience it's a day of your life and it's fine and then you remember mina greener smoothies yeah And then you remember the world and you go, I can't be that guy. I would love to be the guy. And it happened to Joel Domit last time where the woman behind the desk goes, hey, you look nice. Would you like to go to first class? Yes. And you watch them walk past you like, imagine that. So I think you just have to wait until that happens to you. You. So what about you? Do you? No, I don't. I've never, I've never no. been. I, I, well, we got upgraded, me and my wife, <laughs> when we were... Um, on our honeymoon. Oh, did you? We so that's to nice. San yeah. Francisco, yeah. Ooh, lovely. We flew Virgin yeah. and... Uh, and they knew you on your honeymoon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's nice. And suddenly, bongo, first class. And it was brilliant. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's the other difficulty. If you start doing it, how do you go back? How do you go how back? How do you go back? And the thing is, the older you get, and especially when you fly mm. with children as well, the more it transforms your experience yes. of flying. Yeah. Because my thing is that... Um, uh, and this is a philosophical question as well, mm. right? Like if you have been on a two-week holiday and then you come back transatlantic and that 11, 11 and a half hours Undoes, or whatever it is yeah. on the plane is pure torture, yeah. then those 11 hours of pure torture yeah. are going to be way more memorable and upsetting yeah. than anything good that happened well, on the holiday. Hey, interestingly, I just read a really brilliant book about the brain and 80% of our memories are negative or traumatic because right. that's how we learn. So happy things aren't important to our brain in terms of our survival. Yeah. Knowing what to avoid or how to deal with it better is really important, which is probably why everyone is so sad all the oh, well, time. Well, I'll tell you how to deal with it. Yeah. By upgrading. <laughs> by upgrading. If that's, that's what if that's you an do. option, yeah. I mean, listen... It's taken as read yeah. that obviously uh, it's a huge amount of money. Too and, huge, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a terrible waste. I mean, I was talking to Garth Jennings on this podcast a few weeks back about spending a crazy amount of money yeah. on a meal. And the, the conclusion of that what story... What is a crazy amount of money on a meal? £1,000. Yeah, that's crazy. But, okay, but you have to listen to the okay, podcast. Okay, I will, I will. Because superficially, yeah, yes. it is yeah. totally unconscionable and yes. un- 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 indefensible, mm. right? But... 
the thrust of the conversation was that actually it, we ended up having an incredibly wonderful and memorable evening. Yeah. And uh, if you're going to put a price on it, then maybe it would have been around that. Yeah. I don't know. But the thing is that the, the thing that tortures me mm-hmm. about those people in first class, right, in, on a plane, yeah. you know, they are up there having yeah. a brilliant, wonderful, memorable experience. Yeah. And I'm in steerage yeah. uh, having pure torture, rocking yeah. back and forth because yeah. I can't sleep yeah. and I'm sandwiched between yeah. two giant mm. guys or whatever. Mm. And probably most of them aren't even paying for it. You know what I mean? Oh, They've then, got air miles or the company's paying yeah. or that kind of thing. I think that's okay. And also some of them, what I like about your story about being upgraded is if everyone just paid, there would never be any room for people to be have a wonderful surprise and have a wonderful time. Also, I think people who fly first class all the time, it's like everything. You must have had targets in your life where you thought, if that happens to me, I'll never be sad again. If I get that thing, if I meet that person, if I do that job, if this thing comes off, then I'll never be sad again. And then you get it and it's just another part of your life you don't appreciate. Like, yeah, that's just what happened. So you'd be in first class and then still be miserable. Yeah. It's not that much better. I just think one day I'm going to do it. All the time, just No, not all the time, but once. You know, I just want to, before... Listen, I think it would have to be such a big adjustment in what money should buy. So the thing is, so you can have a life where, and I think I have this now, where I'm not poor and I was was poor, but money still means what it meant. Yeah. Three ninety nine for a drink in Pret, even though it's completely affordable to me, I still know is a ridiculously stupid amount for a juice. Yeah, but no, but 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 yeah, but no, but yeah, no. But if it's a one off. Yeah. Then you do know but what I don't think means. you can go back. That's what I mean. Oh, no, I think you can. Well, I, think, I, I think you're I mean, suffering. I mean, I have. I think you I think <laughs> I have that's, to. And that's it. Listen to how you're suffering. It's not fair to put a human being through that. Yeah. It's, it's letting an animal <laughs> out of a zoo. No, but everyone else going, is suffering. Yeah. It's not as if the people no, around me in economy no, having are having time. a brilliant time. No. Also, um, one of the times, so maybe the time before I went to Australia, we it was an empty plane and everyone had four seats to themselves and we were laughing at the people in first class. Yeah, well, you that's think, happened to me. You yeah. think you beat us and sometimes yeah. we beat you. That's right. Yeah. And it's very, very sweet mm. when that happens. Yeah. No, that certainly has happened to sometimes me sometimes. people meet each other on planes and have nice conversations. Yeah. Who was sat next to you on the way back from Australia? Um, the first flight, I was sitting next to a woman who was having terrible pain. Oh, dear. And had to get some painkillers from the staff. What kind of pain? I didn't want to ask. Okay, because it might have been not like, personal pain. No, I think I think all pain is Emotional personal. Pain. <laughs> yeah, could have been like. <laughs> do you have any neurofin for heartbreak, please? Um, I think I imagine it was maybe head pain from where she was touching on herself. Um, okay. And, and right. the second time, I sat next to a young woman with severe body odor due to a synthetic dress. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, we're laughing about it now. <laughs> was it was it very upsetting for you? It wasn't. Ups- <laughs> it wasn't upsetting. Do you know what I find really upsetting? And this is terrible. I've only just started noticing when people make noises with their mouths. Ah, clicky and um, sticky. Click, clicky, sticky, but, or maybe any kind of sniffing, like when people have a. No, I don't I'm going to go really close okay, to my mic. Go, and... Yeah, that's for people at home. That's the worst thing you could have done. I started noticing when people sniff on the train. And I've never noticed my entire life. What's the problem with sniffing? Once it happens, it sounds so loud to oh. me and I have to move. Yeah. And then you realise everyone is sniffing around you. It's like you're being chased <laughs> and you have to get off the train. I had my, my ex-boyfriend, he wouldn't ever let me eat on, in public. And he always said, it's disgusting, it makes people feel sick. Yeah, well, a lot of people feel that yeah, way. But yeah, but I, I never felt it. And also, 
uh, my current boyfriend would never kiss in public. He's like, that makes people feel sick. <laughs> he like, well, he would know if I was tried to cry and kiss him, he'd feel very embarrassed and apologize to everyone. And um, what about holding hands? Yeah, I'm working up to it. <laughs> See how it goes. What about full sexual intercourse? <laughs> That's fine as long as there's no kissing. <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> How did it go mm. in Australia? Was it fun? Yes, I really like Melbourne. It's a really lovely city. Yeah, they take probably twenty-five British comics over, so it's like a school trip, and you all stay in the same hotel. It's my dream. Yeah, man. it's so great. You could go. You, people take their families, and you have they have their kids there as well. I think I've it's difficult. Be invited school. first. Okay, I'm inviting you. <laughs> I'll, I'll email them tomorrow. I, I, I say, think I auditioned for the Melbourne. Not for Melbourne. You don't yeah. have to audition for Melbourne. Do you know? No. Um, but I've heard you mm. talking about Edinburgh before and saying yes. that you don't find the process of performing that enjoyable when yes. you're at a festival like I that. I think I'm getting better at it. Not as in better at the job, but as in better at not suffering so much through what it. What is it that makes you suffer? I guess I just, I like all of the, pro- I like rehearsals. I like the the previewing that it's not ready. The bit of being like, da-da, okay. done it. I think I feel it makes me feel very ashamed. Why is that? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's physiological. The feeling afterwards is just like, oh, that's just a, a physiological. I wish I hadn't done that. Oh, em- embarrassment. And then, well, so, because you feel you've exposed yourself. It must be that. So Lucy Beaumont's mum, Lucy Beaumont, a brilliant comedian. Her mum said to me, "Of course you feel embarrassed. You just showed everyone your knickers." Uh-huh. And I was like, metaphorically, yeah. But yeah. that was a really great way of putting it. Of the whole time it's happening. If you were to pause time and go, are you having a nice time? Are you happy? I'd go, my mind is so clear. I'm so focused on this. I've worked my entire life to have a job. I can't believe anyone comes to see me do it. But the feeling straight afterwards is like just a slump, like a, oh, God, got away with another one. How dare you? What are you doing? Mm. Get, get a proper job. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because yeah. a lot of performers bounce off the stage I see absolutely jazzed the air. Let's with go a sense party. of their own yes. genius. Yeah, I know, and it's wonderful. And that's and, and they're the ones that, that don't want that feeling to end and yes. end up staying up until four in the morning with yeah. crazy um, substances. Yeah, yes. Sometimes. Yes, they do, crazy substances. Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Just making these crazy sculptures. <laughs> like, they can't we go to bed? <laughs> <laughs> Play-Doh is... Yeah. Um, I remember it smelling great as well. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is just flour and water and colouring. I think so it you is, can eat it. I think it is dough. I think, I think it is. Uh. Now I think I've made that up. What was that one? Did I you could ever, Google it. A smart putty. I should have said smart. Silly putty. Silly, silly putty. It's the opposite. Smart putty is silly putty's cousin <laughs> who, who had extra help at school. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to Google it. Here we go. Other search engines are available. According to Hasbro, the manufacturer of Play-Doh, the product is primarily made of water, salt and flour. Yum, yum. Three completely edible ingredients that your toddler is likely to eat at any given time. (laughs) It is a non-toxic, non-irritating and non-allergenic substance, so it is generally safe for a toddler to eat Play-Doh. Interesting fact. Yeah. And for a comedian, it's considered a delicious (laughs) after-show come-down snack. Apparently. Um, now, 
Okay, I'm going to try and give this yeah. conversation some shape. Okay, okay. Like Play-Doh. Like Play-Doh. Sarah, you like to read. I love it. What is your favourite book? Ever? Yeah. Um, I, one of them. One of them. I read a really amazing book. I think you'd like to read. Uh-huh. Um, quite recently. Busy, called... busy world. No. What do people do all day? <laughs> what do people do all day? Well, um, it's called Come As You Are. Oh, yeah. And it's written by a woman called Emily Nagoski, I'm going to say. Is her name? Nagoski? Sounds like a name, doesn't it? Um, something in those that realm. She's a sexologist and she lectures and she's written a really incredible book about sexuality and mindfulness mm. and um, female sexuality in particular and things that everyone should know. And it's such a readable, brilliant book. Can you... This yeah. is embarrassing, right? Oh, yeah. Can you define mindfulness for me? Oh, yeah. So I didn't know until I read her book. Right. So because I'm someone who... Uh, uh, I Obvious, guess Obviously, I, I, I know. I, I'm just of checking you that know. you... Well, also, I listened to a really brilliant podcast, the Invisibilia podcast, The History of Thought. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I understood. So, number one, there's three waves in psychology. There was um, psychoanalysis, which is your thoughts mean everything. If you think, oh, I'm going to kill my father... It's probably because you want to kill your father. Let's spend 40 years talking about why you had that thought. And then you had cognitive behavioural therapy, which is the next wave. And that was much more about how you can trick yourself into not thinking certain things in order to cope better. And then you have mindfulness, which is like thoughts are just disjector from your brain. You just excrete them. So just let them flow through you. You have a thought about killing your dad. We all think lots of things. <laughs> it doesn't mean that much. So don't get hung up on it. Well, also just let it pass through you. When you start to look at things too directly or to give them too much weight or not enough weight. So it's just so mindfulness is about being really, really honest about where you are and thinking about what you feel and then just allowing it to go through you. We have these feelings sometimes, and sometimes they can be really strong, but when we try not to think about them, you strengthen them. Yeah, but that's kind of like advising yeah. someone who's really nervous before they go on stage not to be nervous. Or no, saying, no, it's su- not. saying it's to not someone like, just be yourself. No, but it's never, no, it's never saying not be nervous. Mm. It's being like... What it isn't doing is going, you shouldn't be nervous or you've done this before or anything logical. It's going, you are nervous. And how, that, and yeah, that's but how a, does that help? No, it doesn't help, but it's a state that you are in. So being unhappy is a state just like being happy. And so sometimes you just have to go, this is what I'm feeling right now. And that isn't the wrong feeling. It's just a fact. Sometimes the struggle comes like, I shouldn't be nervous. I should enjoy my job. Or why am I getting in my head? Instead of being like, OK, I'm nervous today. I accept Fine. it. I accept it. And I think I'm not someone who's done any mind- mindfulness, mm-hmm. but I think that's the point. Okay. With being all right with what you feel. All right. So you read this uh, sexy yes. book. Yeah, yeah, sexy book. So what was really interesting, I thought, and I think what people should know more about is um, so the whole idea that um, sexual arousal has accelerators and brakes. Mm-hmm. And so she describes this really brilliantly. So but you have things that turn you on and you have things that turn you off. And that with women... Clicky noises. Clicky noises, <laughs> people sniffing. Um, so you have accelerators and brakes, and when someone has sexual dysfunction, as a society, we handle it with, like, put more accelerators in. So with a woman, a woman saying, I don't feel very sexy. I'm 34, I don't feel very sexy. Buy a sexy underwear, get a massive vibrator, why don't you try this? Watch pornography with your partner, all these things. And no one ever goes, let's look at the things. Are you not feeling very confident about yourself? Does your love not make you feel good about your body? Look at the breaks, you take things away. They did all these studies where they found out things like when women have cold feet, they're much less likely to orgasm. Actual cold feet, not yeah. metaphorical cold Actual feet. Actual cold feet. Right. So, um, and they, the study was back to front, first of all, so they did an MRI. So obviously women were masturbating in MRIs. 
and women with no socks on weren't orgasming as much. And they were like, oh, women find socks sexy. <laughs> women are well into socks. <laughs> and they got it all the wrong way around. Right. And, um, and then they realised, oh, no, it's distracting when you've got cold feet. So people think they've got sexual problems when they haven't. You can't fight those with accelerators, but you can make yourself more comfortable. So her whole book's about that. And mm. I, thought that was, I thought that was really interesting and really important. Um, you recommended a book to me mm. called... Now, did I... Oh, no, not this. So you wasn't emailed just me. It wasn't you... just you as well, because I recommended it to David Baddiel as right. well. And, and the same mistake ensued. Now, I think, was it a typo or did we just read it wrong? You all read it wrong. We all read it wrong. Yeah. So you recommended a book called Fear of Dying. Dying, as in because some of my friends have experienced death recently. Right, this is by Erica Jong. And the book is very funny, very wise, and it's about parental death. And And to make life more complicated, it is a kind of spiritual sequel to Fear of Flying. Which is sexy. Which she wrote in 1973. And it's a seminal book. It's a seminal book, and it sort of turned the 70s upside down and and made uh, a whole generation aware that women had sexual feelings. Well, it gave voice to them. I think women knew they had sexual feelings already. I know, but I'm saying it made made people aware. Aware, yeah. in a way that they mm. hadn't been before. And as you say, yeah, mm. it made a lot of women feel that, oh, it's fine for me to think all these yes. things. Yes, and that... I think it was a talking point yeah. and, yeah, yeah. And anyway, so the week you sent me the email, in fact, was the week after Radio 4 had serialised it. Yeah, the fear of flying, not the fear, fear of, of dying. flying, yes. yeah. And yeah. I'd been sat in the kitchen one morning listening to Woman's Hour or whatever it was with this extract of Fear of Flying with someone using the phrase the zipless fuck, yes, which so, she talks about in the book. And also talks about in Fear of Dying. So when you wrote right. back to me and said, oh, yeah, I heard a bit of that, all of those zipless fucks, I was like, yeah, <laughs> because that's also in Fear of Dying. Right, yes, OK. Which is why I didn't tweak, first of all, yeah. I had recommended, hey, I know I don't know you that well, with everything that's happened recently, I think you'd enjoy this sex book. Yeah. I know, it was very odd. I was like, oh, okay, so Sarah's into fear of flying. That's fine. (laughs) And uh, I was saying, yeah, it was great. It was wonderful to to be listening to Radio 4 at 11 in the morning and hear someone talking about zipless fucking. And so I read Mm. it. I thought, well, Mm. I'll give it a go. Yeah. As I imagine you reading that, I imagine like a raised eyebrow, like, Okay, I'm still waiting for the reason that this is the book you've recommended. It's not, it's interesting. It's a a sort of fun book. Mm. Shall I read you a passage? Yes, please. Uh, okay, so so she's trying to get into this yes, speaking event. She's a spy in the world of analysis. That, exactly. And the lady is refusing her entry because she doesn't have the right accreditation or something. Mm. And so Erica Jong, uh, or her character in this book, writes, um, I'm so sorry, Zo spelt Z-O, the Austrian bitch kept repeating, <gasps> but I really have not got the authority to admit you. Just following orders, I suppose, says the character. I have instructions to obey, she said. You and Eichmann, says Mm. the character. Pardon? She hadn't heard me. Somebody else had. I turned round and saw this blonde, shaggy-haired Englishman with a pipe hanging out of his face. Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson. (laughs) If you'd stop being paranoid for a minute and use charm instead of main force, I'm sure nobody could resist you, he said. He was smiling at me the way a man smiles when he's lying on top of you after a particularly good lay. <laughs> You've got to be... Is that a smile? Yeah. Is that a type That's of smile? That's the best kind of smile. Is that a type of smile? Come on. <laughs> That's the most joyous smile there is. 
he can't be bothered after to get off. Only, after a bad lay, it's just a very like a very level mouth, like on an emoticon. And you can't breathe, and you're like, yeah. stop smiling and get yeah. off. You've got to be an analyst, I said. Nobody else would throw the word paranoid around so freely. He grinned. He was wearing a very thin white cotton Indian kurta, and I could see his reddish blonde chest hair curling underneath it. Cheeky cunt, he said. <laughs> then he grabbed a fistful of my ass and gave it a long, playful squeeze. You've a lovely ass, he said. Come, I'll see to it that you get into the conference. And then she has an affair with him because she thinks she? he's so brilliant. Yeah. Oh, my God. So but it's a funny old book. But and the, it's, but the um, description of the ass grabbing did remind me of Play-Doh. Yeah. All of a sudden, just getting a fistful. But she loves mm. the C word. And uh, yes. back in those days, Shocking. it was a... Yeah. You know, it was used in a different way. The swearing thing's odd. I so I try. I don't really swear on stage. Right now, some, let's say, very infrequently, maybe once every six weeks, a couple of old ladies will come up to me after a show and go, "We come to see you because you don't swear." And oh, that's okay. A, not because they like me. Because you work clean. <laughs> I talk about very sexual things. Yeah. But I don't use. I don't curse. Oh right. Yeah, but in real life I do, but yeah. just not on stage really. Yeah, well, it's a good discipline to have, I think. Um, so anyway, yeah. fear, fear of, of flying. flying. So I read of Fear of yes, Flying okay. with an eyebrow raised. Yeah. And then I spoke to you again. I was like, so, yeah, fear of flying. It's pretty racy stuff. Yeah. And you said, not fear of flying. No. And I felt physically sick. <laughs> I felt physically sick. Like, oh, no, I don't know Adam very well. So it's not like with someone that you could really like, oh, this is a funny story. Like, the, the entirety of that book, you thought that was the book I'd recommended. Yeah. Is, is sad and I can never take that time back. We're halfway through the podcast. I think it's going really great. The conversation's flowing like it would between a geezer and his mate. All right, mate. Hello, geezer. I'm pleased to see you. Ooh, there's so much chemistry. It's like a science lab of talking. I'm interested in what you said. Thank you. There's fun chat and there's deep chat. It's like Chris Evans is meeting Stephen Hawking. Can I say one thing? Mm -hmm. Radio 4. Okay. Yeah. So I've never listened to the radio, but since getting podcasts, I've started listening to some Radio 4 podcasts. Oh, yeah. And they say such stupid things. So the thing I heard on Women's Hour, they said, once every 10 years, there's a seminal feminist book. And that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. That there's one every 10 years, that it's a regular system, and that there's nothing in between. And that's what they were saying. And they could, like... You can list it through. And that's like saying once every 10 years, there's a good album. Yeah, it's odd. And it, when someone says that, you have to go, I need to stop listening to you because that's not how things work. I'm wary of criticising Radio 4, though, because it's the kind of thing that you are going to miss it if Radio 4 goes. Oh, I mean, you may yes. not listen no, to I'm it I'm not all saying the time I now. think they should be switched off. Yeah, I, no. I, I, know, I know what you mean. No, the, of course there's a load of I just of think making sweeping statements about things. Sure. Because what we were saying earlier, I, I'm so, I'm so wishy-washy. We're both wishy-washy. Uh, yeah, so I wouldn't go... We love to wish and wash. We wish, and after wishing, we wash. But, um, <laughs> we, we wish wash, we were What should we do now? Let's wish again. <laughs> um, but, so I would never make a statement, like, a, a huge cultural thing that it could be defined in time yeah. and in a pattern. Sure. Look, it's nuts that there's a programme called Woman's Hour. Yeah. Give us two hours, guys. <laughs> like, surely. It's You've got good, 23. You can sleep show, through it, OK? Just yeah. give us give us a... It is a good show and yeah. they've got good stuff and on it's, it's really, really fascinating. They interview fascinating people. I'm doing it next week. Are you? <laughs> yeah. Hey, because oh, yes. you've got a book, right? Yeah. 
so this is why I was yeah. going to ask you I about... I bought you a copy of the book, Did you really? Yeah, I did. Fantastic. So I should have given it to you and you gave me juice and then we'd have been... Yeah. Present friends. All right. That's my book. Here's your book. Here's my book. Sarah Pascoe, Animal, the Autobiography of a Female Body. Yeah. And uh, this is great. I'm looking forward to reading this. So on the back it says, A tremendously exciting voice, timely, intelligent, buzzing with comedic charm. Pascoe, ah, you're getting the surname treatment. Mm. You've arrived. I like a surname treatment. Sure. Makes me feel like I'm on a football team. You're being taken seriously. I like it when other comics call me Pascoe. Sure. Yeah. That's my dream. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Pasco has something to say and a thoroughly engaging way of saying it. And you've been doing press for this book all day, right? Yeah, today, yeah. So what is the, what's your standard line? How do you... I don't have one yet, do not... no. So I'm in that really gabbly phase right. where you don't yet know. And everything gabbly sounds... Gabbly Roslin. Gabbly <laughs> I wish and then I wash. And um, I just... So they say, what's it about? And I just go, um, oh, gosh. Uh, and everything sounds like a lie and everything makes it sound like it's rubbish. Uh-huh. I need to get my business on. Sell it to me now! <laughs> no! Sell it now! No, sell it! No! Sell it! No! Sell it! Because I don't want to sell it. I don't want to be a businessman. Tell me what it's about, then. Oh, I don't know. You told but me I what do... it was about when you were writing yes, it. Yes, yeah. So, well, I've written a book. I wanted to I wanted to find out lots of things for myself, and I was very interested that there wasn't already a book about how the female body evolved. There's lots of books about evolution, but they basically look at men. And the people who discovered evolution, and these Victorian scientists... Everything was very skewed from a male point of view, and they didn't believe that women had a sexuality. They thought that women derived pleasure from pregnancy, not from copulation. And there was all of these things that were very interesting that I thought our culture is very heavily sitting atop. So the first third is about bonding and love, and the second chapter is about the body, including the genitals and body fat, and then the third one is about consent, because I thought I was going to write a tiny little bit about how, obviously, like all animals, forced sex has been part of our evolution. And then it became so complicated that it became a whole entire third. And are you girding yourself for a, uh, a year mm. of heated political debating about some of the themes you're exploring here? In the best case scenario would be, I wrote my book hoping that um, maybe it's completely readable for a 15-year-old or 16-year-old. There's no human being as strong or strident as a teenage girl, and I think that's what's brilliant about them. And so that's kind of my... When people go, who are you writing for? I guess it's it's that, it's the audience. But my mum, interestingly, read it, and then while I was in Australia, she rang me and said, I've sent some parcels to your house. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. She went, oh, no, it's just pepper spray and a rape alarm because I think you're going to get attacked now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like... Mum, I think you've misinterpreted like everything I was saying. Yeah. What do you think is potentially the most controversial? Do you think there is anything oh, controversial in there? I think, oh, if people want to be controversial, I talk in detail about having an abortion at 16. Uh-huh. And um, there's a few things, like kind of, I did some light self-harm when I was a teenager. I carved fat into my body. My editor thought I shouldn't put that in. And then I had to talk about that in the book that an editor said. You carved the word fat. Yeah, carved it with a razor blade. Oh, no. Yeah, but that's the kind... And I had this big discussion with him, like, have you ever met a teenage girl? That's what they do. Uh, and he was like, yeah. oh... He, but he was like, no, 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 that's a really huge thing you're putting out there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just don't think you remember being an adolescent. But then, but then, then I wrote about that, and that was good. And then, obviously, other things, like starving yourself or things that people do yeah and so it's not that they're controversial but anything 
could be picked out as in a detail. And That's the thing, though, isn't it? Because yeah. now it's so hard to have nuanced discussions mm. about these very emotive Topics, yeah, but that's it? the advantage of writing a book because then no matter what someone takes out, you know that if someone was to read the whole you entire can refer thing, them to the, you, no, yeah. but also you've stated your argument thoroughly right. with no one interrupting you. Yeah, so you can kind of justify it to yourself, even if someone takes something out of context. Sure, I think I talked to you about this book while you were writing mm. it, and you mentioned yeah. that you were writing about periods. I suppose yes, you write loads about periods about menstruation. Yeah, because I, I had an I, I had a sort of obsession with the idea of periods because yeah. I was one of these people yeah. that found out at a certain point or was yes, told yeah. at a certain point. That after a while, women who are close oh, yes. friends yes. start to synchronise. Yeah, so it's called the McClintock effect, but it's completely been disproved Is by so really? many studies. Yeah, it doesn't happen. The what, only thing what about the phases of the moon? Well, that's, that's the thing that is scientific, which is, is so odd. Yeah. Um, so 30% of women are on their period when there's a full moon. That's a, and it doesn't sound like a lot, but the next lowest down amount of women ever menstruating at the same time in the month is 12.5%. So it's double. Right. So it's this is odd thing. So it, it does seem to be affected by the moon. Childbirth seems to be affected by the moon and lasts longer. What possible explanation could there be for well, that? Well, we're made of water and tides, right. so it's just gravity. Yeah. Yeah. But also sleep affects periods and melatonin. So if you sleep less, you interfere with your period. And so they think that the light of the moon, because you know that when it's a full moon, everyone has five minutes less sleep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's things that they do think that our body is related to the, the light. Right. Yeah. I think it's really odd that boys are taken out of the room when girls at school are talk about periods. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the squeamishness was... about periods was always something that mystified oh, me. And I just thought... crazy. I thought it was a fascinating thing that women have to put up with it and it just nothing yeah. comparable happens to men. Yeah. I was researching because I did no such thing as a fish yesterday and my subject was about these... Um, well, in the 20s, they had a theory that women, when they were menstruating, had toxins in their skin and their sweat and their tears and it's called men are toxins and they did a study where if women held flowers they wilted so but anyway so i was researching periods they think that maybe bloodletting the idea of that in medicine came from the fact that women felt cramps and had were ill then let blood out then felt better hmm. not interesting that is interesting yeah because it is really crazy that usually if someone was in pain and bleeding they'd be sick but women have this cyclical sickness yeah you're thinking for pre-modern humans there would have been something very confusing about it absolutely yeah weird though isn't it as well you've got like that's a slice of immortality there i think so but well then done. also you know like i was saying about feeling bad about shows yeah then it's also just like this permanent show and i'm sure people have dvds and things where it's the equivalent of it but you can't change it how are you feeling about the promotional treadmill are you going to go on it or are you going to promotional treadmill i'm doing well i'm doing a, a live tour with literary festivals but because i love books so much every time they invite me to a book festival i look at who's on and i lose my mind like i might meet jeanette winterson oh yeah i might get to stand next to david walliams david walliams <laughs> don't don't get me started um uh so i mean i meant in a good way not in a bad way i wasn't yeah. being mean to about of david course. Walliams, here's a question yeah. for you sarah yep yeah. audiobooks mm. Does listening to an audiobook count as having read a book? I've never listened to an audiobook. Have you not? Nope. But does it count as having read a book? Yes, because you've heard all the words. So I think reading a book does mean the same. 
but there's the act you just read of them with ingesting your okay. info through your eyes yeah. is somehow I, different, isn't it? No, I think reading a book means ingesting a book, not. So hearing a book is reading it with your ears. So, so why? So, but there is a difference, though, isn't there? Superficially, one is active and the other is passive. I guess you that's. Think? I, I, I think that's how people characterize it. I mean, I'm saying this as someone who loves listening to yes, audiobooks yeah. and who hopes that. That counts, it counts as, reading. as having read a book. I, if I thought, if it was a little bit like you zone in and out of it and it's background noise. So yeah. like if you were listening to a book before you went to sleep and then you fell asleep and the next day you don't go back and see what you've missed. But you can do that. You can look at a book and not absorb it very well. That can be very passive. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. Mm. I have similarly intense and clear memories of reading books as I do to listening to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um they are as real for me in so, my but who, mind So who says it's not reading? I've I, never heard anyone say you know, that. No. I've, I've heard a few people say that. What guys is this? You know, I've, I've just heard people. You have heard people say yeah. Did you read them saying that or did you hear them saying it? I think I overheard it. <laughs> May have zoned out halfway through. <laughs> um, well, that's interesting. I'm glad you feel that way. But you're lucky, though, because you are able to read incredibly fast. Mm. And so you read a lot of books. Yeah. Do you feel as if you're really properly absorbing I mean I get the impression that you are that's what John would say John would say that's not reading and in some ways that's true if someone ran through the National Gallery and said I've seen all the paintings I loved it here you would think well I stood in front of one and I was very moved and then after it I'd absorbed so much I didn't want to see anything else I had to kind of contemplate that for the rest of the afternoon you'd look at those two people and you'd go one of those people really does appreciate the work and really felt it properly and the other person is just desperate for stimulation (laughs) and to never feel anything when i was little you know my dad was a Mm. writer yeah and um he read a huge amount uh he loved the patrick o'brien books i don't know if you've ever read any of those that he wrote um master and commander and all those yes i did i read the master and the commander an ex-boyfriend was obsessed with those books yeah well they 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 i found them so shippy they're too shippy. They're too shippy, mate. And it's mate. got like heavy. You've got to really care about the names jargon. of nets. Yeah, man. Yeah, I really. I finished the first one. <laughs> I was. I was done. <laughs> yeah, they are well shippy. But yeah. you, when yeah. you were little, mm. presumably you just had a, an innate appetite th- for yes. reading. Yes, I think both of my parents are readers, though. There was always a book in front of my mum's face, and my dad loves books so much. But neither of my parents do I ever remember telling me or recommending a book. I think I was entirely left alone to do it. Mm-hmm. And also, I read books, really young books, when I was far too old. So I wasn't. I used to hide in the toilets at secondary school and read Enid Blyton. Uh-huh. I reread Enid Blyton until I was 15 or 16, which I was far too old for. Which ones? Magic Faraway Tree? Yes, because I wanted it to be real and the Magic Wishing Chair. I heard Stuart Lee talking about the Magic Faraway Tree. And He's always I was doing my stuff. Surpri- <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised to hear him enthusing about it. Oh, for me... It was the lands. It was just the different yeah, lands. No, it was a have. genius yeah. concept. for the, like, Pitch it to someone who's never read it. Explain okay, the concept. Okay, so um, you have a normal life. You're a child, but uh, in the school holidays, you get to go and stay with an auntie and uncle, and they basically give you a picnic and leave you to do what you want to in the daytime. So that already is brilliant. And you walk into a forest, and it looks like a normal forest, apart from there's one big tree. It's not like any other tree, because there's Silky and Moonface and the Saucepan Man and Mrs Wishy Washy, and they all live on the tree. And when you hear the whooshing sound, be careful, because that's the land changing. And 
some of them are very slippy and you have to get cushions or you're going to get hurt. Sometimes there's delicious cakes and food. Sometimes the land moves and you have to try and get your way back, usually with some kind of like flying broomstick or magic spell. It's incredible. This is an advert for Squarespace. Every time I visit your website, I see success. Yes, success. The way that you look at the world makes the world want to say yes. It looks very professional. I love browsing your videos and pics, and I don't want to stop. And I'd like to access your members area. And spend in your shop. These are the kinds of comments people will say about your website if you build it with Squarespace. Just visit squarespace.com/buxton for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, because you will want to launch, use the offer code Buxton to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So put the smile of success on your face with Squarespace. Yes. Sarah struggles with jealousy. <gasps> yeah. Is that true? Yeah, it's Is that true. That's still true. Yeah. Well, when I got with my boyfriend, I I'd never really been jealous of a boyfriend before, and I got really jealous hmm. of all the women in the world. Because he fancies all the women in the world. Because <laughs> he's a guy. Because he's a guy. I know. I think previous boyfriends had hidden that from me. And and have you had the conversation yes. about like, well, you know, I'm maybe looking at these people, mm. but it doesn't mean I want to do anything. And yeah, kind or... of. I don't think it's a hard and fast gender rule. I think there'll be couples where it'd be the exact inverse. Sure. And I think that there's a real difference between people that we notice and people that. Yeah, differences between how we feel and how we behave. But like, so for instance, Tinder, which is a, a an app that's enabling people who are single to meet up with each other, sometimes leading to sexual behaviour. My boyfriend was in a relationship with me when that came out. And that was a real like, what? That is bad timing. This is not fair. He cried himself to sleep. Uh, <laughs> like, this is not fair. I've been like, single. I don't believe it. Yeah, yeah. I've been oh, single okay. for all of this time, and now suddenly my friends. How long we, was he single for? I don't know. I mean, he'd, he's had relationships, but he hadn't had like a long-term, serious one. Right. And then suddenly, all of his friends who were single were suddenly meeting up different girls every night. And he was no, this is not allowed. Because it used to be really difficult to approach somebody, but now there's this online. We've both ticked each other, so you don't have to walk up to a stranger. In a Do park. you know anyone who's had a, a successful quote, successful relationship by using uh, Tinder? Okay. People have like definitely had short term relationships, and yeah, but I mean, and and I think they've. De- I think people have had a lot of fun, and I think fun. But I think I wonder. Um, the bit, the, the the chase bit, the thing like you know, like a lot make, of fun. Wait, define yes. a lot of fun because all my oh. memory. This might be just me, yes. okay. but my memory of any 
casual or yes, semi-casual yeah. relationship was not fun. No. Pain. No. Embarrassment. So that's what I, I, I would say too. And also I think for me, I like, I think my probably the favourite bit of a relationship is the being in love with them from afar, but not when nothing's kind of happened. But working with someone and fancying them for two years, that chase, that paying off, that is a good feeling. Right. So... And you can't get that just from a picture that someone ticks and then you go out and have a drink with them. Have you ever ruined a relationship by being jealous? Not ruined relationships, but I've been too jealous of my friends. Uh, professionally? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, my friend Cariad and I, so we're best friends from university, mm. and a couple of times stuff has happened which I've not handled very well. When she's got opportunities yes. that you coveted? No, worse, things that I've already done. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, so it's not even like, oh, I didn't get them, just more like... And and it's a really unattractive, really odd quality, and then it makes you look to yourself. You're like, just threatened by her yes, being I, as good I, as I, you. I think. No, I think actually, I think what I worked out it was so Carrie younger than me, and is just naturally brilliant. My sister Cheryl, who's 18 months younger than me, was always the talented one. So we both did amateur dramatics, and she was always told she could be a superstar. And I was told I cried too much. And um, my, my auntie Juliet, my mum's twin, took me aside like Sarah. It's a really difficult career, <laughs> and you're just not cut out for it. Whereas Cheryl was always the lead. And if, anyway, so I was very jealous of Cheryl growing uh-huh. up. So then sometimes with Cariad, I behave in the same way. And it's awful. It's so unattractive. It's so nasty. But I feel like, I mean, as in not, nasty, not that I behave in a nasty way, but that it exists. Yes, the feelings like, But I feel like have. acknowledging it now rather than pretending I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, being my, it's my mindfulness. My mindfulness is to go like, oh, yeah, oh, I see. <laughs> I got a twinge. I sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, um, you know what? Like when someone tells you about a job and sometimes you just don't care at all. You're like, oh, cool. Or sometimes you're really pleased with them. And yeah. other times I feel like, is my face looking weird? Because yeah. I'm finding it so hard to listen to their, <laughs> to their work things. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like physically suffering so now it's much easier because you go like I'm so jealous of that that sounds amazing and yeah. that's it helps it's better for me yeah, do you ever yeah. get jealous of people sure sure okay yeah uh, it used to be a lot worse yeah I've been a lot happier really with my lot and more appreciative you know you get older and people start dying and you yeah. realise how short life yes. is yes uh, have you ever had therapy no and I think I, I think I think it's really I'm, I've got I think a class issue I'm one of those people who cries all the time. <laughs> and then when someone goes, you could go and see someone and work for this, it's like, no, I won't. Because I'll sort it out myself. I don't, I, yeah, I guess you think, well, you think you're cleverer than everyone. And also, I'm just so scared of unravelling anything. Like, when would be a good day? Do you yeah, have, yeah. Do, have, you, have you had therapy? No, 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 I've thought about it. Yeah. And there are times when you certainly think um, it would be fun to tell to be able to express yeah. things yeah. to someone who isn't going to um, yeah. get hurt by it yeah. or upset by it That's or judge true. you or that kind of thing. Yeah. But, but they um, still judge you. They can't help but judge you. Well, being. exactly. That's Otherwise the thing. Otherwise you could thing. just talk to a wall, couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I talked to Rosie. Yeah. The dog. Yeah. And but you know that she is judging you and she has a podcast. <laughs> I know she's judging me, but I think yeah. she's judging me very positively yes yeah certainly by the um levels of enthusiasm she displays when i get home yeah, yeah that's it. back again <laughs> She's for like, another session you're brilliant <laughs> yeah you know that stuff that disgusting stuff you told me the other day <laughs> hasn't put me off you in the slightest <laughs> come on rosie come on let's head back there we go. Thanks very much to Sarah Pascoe. Really enjoyed talking to her. Hope she's going to come back again on the podcast sometime soon. 
And I've also been uh, reading her book in the last few days since she gave it to me. I've been reading it with my eyes, no less, and enjoying it very much, despite the fact that I am not a 15-year-old girl. But that could be one of the uh, surprises that 2016 has yet to deliver. Let's hope we don't have too many more deaths, though. I mean, there will be deaths. That's just the way that life works, I think. But don't scoop up too many more of the fantastic people that we all really love and would rather were around for a lot longer. And speaking of Prince, this weekend some friends came to stay. Old friends of my wife's, my wife's friends, and my friends. And Jason, um, one of those friends, said, hey, have you guys seen Prince playing the solo on While My Guitar Gently Weeps on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? No, none of us had. So we all gathered round and um, called it up on YouTube. And I wanted to recommend it to you in case you hadn't seen it. It really cheered us up. Uh, we were all feeling sad about Prince. Sure enough, there they are. I think in 2004 at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And it's one of those supergroup situations where they usually what they do is they do quite a terrible version of a classic song. And... Um, it's much the worse for all these brilliant individual talents being forced to perform together. But the, it's not the case on this one. It's actually kind of an excellent version. And it's being performed by Tom Petty and uh, Steve Winwood and Jeff Lynne. And George Harrison's son, Danny, I think is his name, is, is there as well. But towards the end of this pretty faithful rendition... Prince is suddenly in evidence and he starts tearing the roof off the place. It's magnificent, but it's like on the one hand, it's total pyrotechnics, but it's not unnecessary guitar warbling. You know, it's completely in keeping with the spirit of the song. And wow, it's really raining now. Uh, it's so great. It, makes, it made me really happy to watch it and reminded me what an extraordinary person he was and an extraordinary talent and the look on George Harrison's son's face is great as well it, when Prince is uh, playing the solo and he's just grinning away with with admiration and delight it's really a wonderful piece of footage so farewell good night sweet Prince that's pretty much it for the podcast different outro music bed this week you may have noticed I composed this one this is an original one well it's uh, retooled from a jingle you may have recognised this is exciting stuff isn't it but this is probably the one I'm going to go with from now on so I hope that's not a big problem and if it is I would love it if you didn't let me know thanks thanks too to Matt Lamont my co-editor this week and to Seamus Murphy Mitchell for invaluable production support and thank you very much indeed for downloading this and listening. I really hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, take care. I love you. Bye!